Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. Welcome, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Today is April 5th, 2019, and it's finally Friday. And whenever we see a week where it's slow, we don't have much news, and stuff is just kind of mugging along and we're in tar, boom, here comes Friday, and it's usually Fire Friday. And when we see the president leaving the White House, Usually it's huge. Uh, So what are we going to see today and pan out during the weekend? You know, that that usually happens late in the afternoon. So that's pretty interesting. We have a lot of things going on uh, on on a national scale. Border, 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 border. Uh, The corruption of the Mexican government and the president. Boom. Why are you going to just shut down the border? Don't do that. Hurt Mexico. Tell them, you know what? It hurts when it costs you money. And you're not doing a very good job. You're colluding with the Democrats. You guys have factions of organizations that are Mexican-run where you are literally taking in unaccompanied minors and petitioning at the border to bring them in. Where are you coming up with all these children? What are you doing? How are you screening them? Listen, man, if you can't send them back to where they came from and you're just pushing them and petitioning them and putting them in a humanitarian zone, well, then you've got what's coming for you. And I think hurting them where it hurts in the pocket is the way to go. So today we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the border, talk about these insane things that are coming out there, but also all of us should be anticipating the plea deal hearing for Jackson Costco. I've been saying no one's talking about it. No one's even writing about it, which is insane because so many people are like, where is this information? How are we going to find it? Yeah, that's exactly it. When you see that the mainstream media isn't talking about something, that's because there's a big there there. That's usually what they do. They allow people that don't wear tiaras like they do talk about this stuff. I've been saying it from day one. Jackson Costco. He's going to take down. You know, we're going to see Avenatti come back up. He's going to be taking out some really big people because you don't get plea deals when you've been caught red handed. Removing confidential private identifying information from the House and Senate servers. Uh, We saw how that worked out for Seth Rich, right? But (laughs) here we've got one of their own. A rich one of their own, a one of their own so well networked that he's been interning and and working within the House and the Senate for a while with deep, deep, deep connections with Pelosi. And all of this that surrounds him is based on the Kavanaugh situation. And so here's what's curious. His connection His Feinstein, who was the person that brought forward this fake Dr. Ford? Yep, it was Feinstein. And suddenly uh, someone deeply connected with her is 
you know, digging up opposition research and removing every, how much you want to, you know what? I'm actually thinking, what if Avenatti had this little young man who had all the connections and walked into people's offices and logged on to computers to download this information? What if he was tasked by Avenatti to do so? This is curious, right? Really strange. And it's coming to the surface. So I can't wait to see news on this plea deal and no one is reporting on it. So that's really hard because I'm not down in D.C. at the courthouse. Wish I was because I would be stalking it. So this is kind of an insane day. We're waiting on that. We're waiting on things to come out in respects to leaking. Leaking, you know, literally leaking information. And this is going to (laughs) be, it should be fun. I'm waiting for Adam Schiff to kind of alter his position for to say, you know, just figure his speech saying. So let's see what our president is telling us today that's important. Trolling the Mueller report, Democrats lost on collusion. Now they're inventing a cover-up. Okay. So the Mueller report that they so wholeheartedly supported, that they all had seen at some point, even though no one had seen it, um, that they knew was evidence in there, where mainstream media fake news won awards for reporting on. Now they're saying Mueller was always batting with President Trump, always like on his team or colluding with the president. This is pure insanity because Mueller was literally appointed to throw roadblocks, to disallow this administration to become a full administration. We still have people waiting to be appointed, sworn in, confirmed. I mean, this is, you know, (laughs) and he's, he's, he's two years in since, and then some since he swore in and he still doesn't have everyone confirmed. This was a roadblock to block people from getting information that might have been related to other cases, kind of like investigating, I don't know, Uranium One, I don't know, the email scandals, I don't know, Chinese cyber uh, exchanges between uh, people, I don't know, funds that were just like given to nations and we don't know where they're coming from, you know, stuff like that. See, you can't get information that might be related to the Mueller report, dragging your feet for justice is basically why they do this. And this is classic MO of obfuscation. You know, they use this broad brush. Sorry, it's impeding on an investigation. We can't talk right now. And this is what we see as the going theme. Now, things that went under the radar that people weren't weren't really paying attention to are some... uh, Uh, a a State Department contracting officer that was indicted for bribery and procurement fraud. Now, why do I bring this up? We are having, you know, Biden's son, Hunter, under the scope now for what? For doing deals with the Ukraine, procurement contracts, and all this stuff. So we have a... um, State Department contractor, he was indicted on 17 counts that was unsealed yesterday. His name was Sabino. He was a contracting officer, meaning like he would look at um, requests um, for um, proposals, for deals uh, that the government procures. 
So, you know, the government says, hey, we need a, a travel agency. And then travel agencies all submit proposals saying, hey, if you work with us, we'll just get you the best tickets. And to top it all off, you will have like your special email and we'll do this and we'll throw in a car, you know, for free, taking you to the airport, you know, something like that. Deals. What is the best deal for the government, right? They battle on the bids. Well, this guy, okay, this guy, this is curious, and so uh, we're doing a bit of digging on this, but apparently uh, between November 2012 and early 2017, so during the Obama administration only, Sabino and the owner of a Turkish construction firm got together and engaged in bribery and procurement fraud scheme. Now, I said this at the beginning of the week, and I said it last week. There is a huge crackdown nationwide on a federal level and on state levels where they are just nabbing all of these cities and states and federal entities that are colluding and bribing and giving contracts to people in their own family or, you know, social circles. This is one of these, but it's a little bit more nefarious. So the fraud scheme and this bribery uh, was that Sabino got about $293,000 in cash from this Turkish construction company owner, right? And Sabino was the one that supervised a multi-million dollar construction contract that he awarded to that Turkish construction company owner's business partner. And Sabino himself made half a million dollars in structured cash deposits into his own personal bank account. So he got, uh, you know, close to $300,000 in cash directly from this Turkish uh, construction company. And then he also had, you know, cash deposits that he put into his own personal bank account surmounting to like half a million. This is over half a million, right? So this is pretty insane. And so Sabino, this federal contracting officer, he's a federal employee, right, with the Department of State. So he worked for the State Department, right? He worked for them and he, his title was contracting officer. This guy concealed his relationship with, you know, the Turkish construction company and the Turkish construction construction company's business partners. And, you know, he made like false statements. Like when you work for the state department or if you're a Senator, if you're a congressperson or whatever, you have to file your financial disclosure forms. Right. And, um, you know, uh, undergo like background investigations every, I don't know. However, it could be depending on your position. It could be every year, every three years, every five years, nobody knows, but you have to file these. Now he provided false information on all those documents. So he, um, concealed, uh, financials that he had. And you know, the reason they do this is that they want to see, like if you have debt and someone can hold that over your head and say, well, you owe this and I'll help you, you know, they go for people that have vulnerabilities, right? That's a vulnerability. That's how they see it. It could just be that you just sucked at paying your bill and that's why you fell behind or, you know, you had to pay for braces or, you know, you had a car accident. So there's always a way, you know, to be like, yeah, well, I, I fell behind because of this. Well, then you need to fix it. So if you don't fix it, you don't keep your job. That's basically how it goes. Pretty much. So anyway, so this is really interesting because we've seen a, a flow of these um, 
disaster funds, right? Because the president talked about Puerto Rico. Uh, We saw it happen in Texas. You know, they've raided city councils there, mayors from across the nation being indicted or taking extended leave, you know, from office because of these schemes where they give their friends, where it's like circular funding, like, hey, you do this contract, but then because I give you that contract, you do this for my kid or my buddy's thing, and then your buddy's thing will do this. You know, it's it's kind of like that. It's circular, circular. You know, they all, you know, exchange board members on different, you know, commissions or uh, charities, and they're all like the same people. Like if you actually took all the stuff that connects them and put it down, it's like the same, like 10 people. So, you know, we're seeing a crackdown on this, which is great because that's how corruption happens. You allow people to do deals, uh, you know, quid pro quo kind of thing. So that's, that's interesting. Uh, in addition, we're seeing that, uh, Honduran, El Salvadorian and Mexican cartels are being cracked down. Uh, a, a former leader of a Honduran drug trafficking organization, was actually sentenced today, uh, early this morning, to 37 years of prison uh, for trafficking kilos and kilos of cocaine. Now, he was uh, arrested, and he was part of this uh, drug trafficking organization called Los Montes. Uh, It's one of the largest drug cartels of Honduras. And Los Montes uh, has, like, uh, most of their... um, activity in uh the area of cologne um in honduras and montes francia which is in cologne basically so um what's pretty awesome is is that he this leader this guy right was and his name is noe right noe montes bobadilla 35 year old guy super scary dude scary because he was violent Scary because of the way he would, you know, get deals done. So uh, it was pretty. It was pretty interesting how they multiple agencies got together, and you know, from the DEA to the FBI to local to F, you know, special agents of X Y Z task force, you name it. Because you know, the DEA has an organized crime drug enforcement um, task force, just like the FBI and um, the DOJ have separate entities for the human trafficking uh, organized crime units too. And, uh, So it's pretty interesting how this panned out and how it was done, coming down to the fact that the reason they were on the radar with this, guys, and hear me out, from what I hear, you know, ICE was actually involved in this because of the missing Honduran children. And so as they target these organized crime rings, because remember, organized crime, in order to maintain and have money, you dip in many things. This one was mostly mobilizing coca. They loved cocaine. They had many coca plant um, uh, farms, and it was their stuff and, you know, whatever. And they had a really good network on how to bring it up to the United States. But anyway, the thing is they also dip in other things, and this is where they outsource uh, other things. For example, while they're, you know, doing this huge drug deal or shakedown, right, Uh, they kidnap children or women and then they hand it off to partner organizations that focus more on that but they also do drugs and and um you know 
contract crimes and stuff like that. So it was it was pretty interesting how it came up. So uh, we should be seeing more another charge, Honduran linked, El Salvadorian linked um, on the human trafficking side as the pipeline goes on. I mean, this is this is really interesting. Uh, the organized crime uh, just coming apart. They're plucking them one by one. And I, you know, could it be El Chapo? Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, we really don't know because we had, you know, the Sinaloa cartel that were money laundering. They pled uh, guilty yesterday uh, for $14 million in hard narcotics proceeds. Uh, it's, it's as if there's a trend. Um, tons of them are... It, I mean, it's it's just coming to fruition, and I'm really pleased because things are coming up. And you know, all of this stuff starts after 2017. Can we all say it? I am so grateful for President Trump because he is really going after them. He is really going after them. He's trying to make America literally great again, but also empowering at the same time. So it must be really hard for him. I I have to admit, it must be really, really hard for him. Uh, So, you know, we're seeing these uh, drug cartels, human trafficking cartels being taken down. And there's a trend now at the Justice Department where they're coming at local and uh, state governments on uh, procurement, uh, organized crime. So they've been arresting a lot of police officers and people within states, colluding and working with these cartels. And uh, this is where this man down massacre theory comes in because guys, they literally said that they closed the case and found one dude that did all this. And it's really weird. He's like a chiropractor and has no criminal history. He's got a family almost as big to put a Greek family to shame. So it's really interesting. We'll talk about that later though. So, um, we do have a Missouri man that also pled guilty to providing uh, money and support to terrorist groups. Uh, we have uh, Ramiz Hodzdik. Now, he pled guilty to one count of conspiring to provide material support to terrorists and one count of pro- providing material support. Is that like a... One count of conspiring to provide material support to terrorists and one count of, of providing material. Okay, so he was gonna and he did. So he appeared before the judge and got a plea deal. So obviously he gave up names and said his sentencing was put out for June 18th, 2019. So he pled guilty. Uh, he and um, in the indictment, it's his, him, his wife, and Armin Havoc, they all live in St. Louis. Um, and then there's people from Utica, New York, Medea, uh, Salkovic from Illinois. All of them were charged. Uh, all of them seem to be coming from Albania. And this is what's curious. So how this all ties in. So this was on Wednesday, April 3rd. So we had another guy, Ameti, and I'm... Uh, it's a really short piece article, but he was actually arrested in Montana on April 3rd as well. He's an Al- uh, Albanian uh, migrant who was granted citizenship in the United States, and he lived in New York and apparently decided to just move. But he was already being watched. 
So the feds were watching him where he took the bus and went to Montana and he was going to Bozeman, Montana. He doesn't have any ties with Islamic organizations so far that they know in Montana. But what he did was he stopped on his way to Bozeman. He went to Billings where he like bought some air rifle or whatever. And then he went on to Bozeman where he stayed at a hotel. Uh, He was kicked out because he was smoking weed. And then he went to buy another air rifle. And then on Wednesday, he went to like a shooting range where he like rented, you know, a gun on the shooting range to just shoot. And so he paid for the rental. And right when he got the weapon in his hands, he was arrested. Uh, So, They arrested him supposedly for uh, operating a a gun, uh, a weapon, a loaded weapon while high because he was apparently high. He had smoked some weed before he went and he was high. As they were questioning him, they started asking ask him about posts that he made on Facebook, uh, things that he was saying because he was talking to uh, informants and people that slot themselves in to ask you questions like, tell me more about this. They become your friend, you know, and you think that they're your friend, but they're really not. So anyway, he slotted himself in. Kind of just was talking and told him, yeah, we need to like kill people, just whatever. And with this Christchurch, he was like, we just need to kill random people. And through the interview, he was like, yeah, you know, I kind of said it, but I wouldn't do it in the USA because they granted me citizenship. So now he's under arrest, along with all these other Albanians that are under arrest, too. Makes you wonder what's going on because everyone always thinks of, you know, all jihadis in our nation being, you know, Somalis, Liberians, you know, faces like Rashida or Ilhan who represent the mosque and Hezbollah caucuses here, right? But it's not. It's 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 like wildfire. These people will indoctrinate your neighbor if they can. And this is what's strange and interesting is that we're seeing an uptick in uh, terrorist collusion and um, I would say coordination. Uh, lots of them flying out. Lots of them staying in. Lots of them going to mosques. You know, we're even seeing states now, just like in in my state of North Dakota, where they're actually paying uh, with your tax dollars to have mosques operating, which is really odd. Uh, and that requires some more investigation and possible um, letters to understand how this is happening. But in order to take down a nation, in order to dominate a country, first you need a leader that will be pushing socialist ideas that people would comply with. We see that. We had the Democrats and the Republicans for the past, you know, decades inching towards that, making slight and subtle changes to laws, to regulations, to the way people think, and, you know, with the help of the media, taking it home. We're seeing it now for the 2020 elections. If you all remember, talked about it in November, the only actual candidate that has any chance of competing against President Trump is Yang. And I know I get a lot of emails from people saying, wow, I just saw him on TV. Wow, didn't I say around springtime we're going to see him 
pop his head out and it's not until summer that he's going to rear his full head out because he'll have completed one year of paying people a thousand dollars. I mean, look at the tweets he puts out. He says, what do I tell a 40 something mom with four kids about me? And I tell them you can be safe. Your child, when they turn 18, they'll each get a thousand dollars simply by existing. How is that a policy guys? Are people insane? The more money people have, the prices go up. You know, if everybody in the world, if everyone in your city right now suddenly had an extra $2,000 in their bank account, what would happen? Your water bottle at your convenience store would go from $1.50 to $2.50. Because now everybody has more money, so it's okay to up the price. It's kind of like airports. You know, obviously they factor in, you know, the travel, security, and all that stuff. But why are they so expensive? Have you ever been to places that are like ritzy, right? Uh, You know, as someone who's enjoyed uh, many classy and ritzy things, I could tell you I'd be the first one to say, oh, my God, this is such a ripoff. Like, you know, you're, you go to France, right, and you sit down and you're at a cafe and you're like, yeah, just give me bottled water. And they give you Avion, which is theirs, you know, and no big deal. And it's like a euro, right? And you're having your coffee, chatting with your friends, smoking your cigarettes, and then you decide to go to a more upscale place, right? You order the same exact thing same exact thing but because the people that attend that place are all diplomats or whatever you know suddenly the water bottle's like four euros and your coffee's like 10 and you're just like and then if you're just like looking at your bill for your coffee to be like 15 you know 50 you're kind of like i was just down the road this morning and i paid like like 350 and I just paid more. And so we understand that. So this is what happens when Yang starts giving people a thousand dollars, everything's going to go up. It's not like you're going to have the prices of the 1930s today. We have more money than people did in 1930 where they used to buy burgers for a nickel. We're not paying a nickel for burgers anymore. It's called inflation. And it's as if he's only talking to people that are stupid. That's the thing. Kind of like Ocasio. It's like they're pandering to people that have no ability to understand simple concepts or do math. Maybe they're all doing common core math. Who knows, right? Uh, I'll see you all after the break, and we'll talk a little bit more about this border. Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn Jr., and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our legal defense fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate, go to www.mikeflynndefensefund.org. Thank you, and God bless America. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this? Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it, but we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 
That's 855-700-2978. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My Pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable my pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My Pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. My Pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. My Pillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My Pillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code REDSTATE. That's one 800 961 Promo code Red State. Put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow, the most comfortable pillow you will ever own. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit mypillow.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Remember, you can always follow me on Twitter and Gab at Tori underscore says. Now, I thought we could just revisit what the president has been telling us. He actually left uh, this morning to go to the border. So after that report... He said, the crazed and dishonest Washington Post, again, purposely got it wrong. Mexico, for the first time in decades, is meaningfully apprehending illegals at their southern border before the long march up to the U.S. This is great and the way it should be. The big flow will stop. Now, before I continue, because he had like three tweets to this, remember I told you guys that Mexico had finally implemented an immigration policy. They demand that anyone that is in their country that is not a Mexican citizen present themselves to the local immigration office and get screened and background checked and biometrics collected and provided IDs. Remember I told you that. I've also tweeted out an ID, and that ID is actually to someone that's involved in uh, human and child trafficking. But this is what they do. And this is why I said there are facets of these immigration offices that may indeed be a concern of corruption. I mean, you know, we saw the president, the former president of Mexico was paid off by El Chapo of a hundred million dollars. What's the what's the phrase? Everybody has a price. Right. So here we go. The president saying, you're doing a great job, Mexico, and Mexican citizens are for it. They're like, if you're an illegal and you don't turn up and go get an ID, then that means you're a bad person. And apparently, if you turn up and they find a history that you're a rapist, a murderer, you know, or whatever from your country of origin, they send you back. 
Um, that's funny though, because the guy's ID that I tweeted out, uh, is actually a very well-known Guatemalan child and human trafficker. So this is where I'm saying Mexico's doing it wrong. So the president applauds them for their effort and how Mexican citizens weren't called racist for demanding illegal immigrants to come forward. But you know, in America, you're considered racist. If you say, hey, illegal immigrant, if you don't have an ID and I don't know who you are and I can't um, have your biometrics and you shouldn't be here is racist. But when other countries do it, it's okay. Maybe it's because the majority of them are Latino. So it's okay for them but here in america where we're all shades of the rainbow it's not so confusing so confusing so bizarre so moving on the president tweets however if for any reason mexico stops apprehending and bringing the illegals back to where they came from the u.s will be forced to tariff at 25 percent all cars made in mexico and shipped over the border to us if that doesn't work which it will I will close the border. This will supersede the USMCA. Likewise, I am looking at an economic penalty for the $500 billion in illegal drugs that are shipped and smuggled through Mexico and across our southern border. Over 100,000 Americans die each year. So many families destroyed. Awesome. So he's telling them, you either fix this and stop giving humanitarian local, you know, push toward the border. Stop working with the Democrats like Senator Merkley and, and Rep. Correa uh, bringing in unaccompanied minors. Stop the fraud from al otro lado that marries off these random immigrants that are illegals that enter illegally into Mexico. They marry them off, slap a kid on them, and then send them to the border saying, here's their paperwork. It's so Mexican and so approved, and they are so vouched for so just let them go catch and release so the president says all right as long as these things he cut for the first thing he did was what he cut aid to el salvador honduras and mexico he, uh, guatemala mexico all of them actually all of them lost aid so he cut aid so none of them are getting any state funding, you know, from USAID, you know, the, the slush fund for the Democrats. That's what I call USAID. It's like the slush fund for the Democrats, the slush fund to own countries, the slush fund to drive their policies. I mean, their statement stays, says it. We're USAID's efforts into promote democratic values. That's basically what they do. So he cut those funds. So now they have no money to fund any more caravans. Done. Now he's telling Mexico, yo, you're getting money from people in the United States and Soros funded organizations are operating in your country, orchestrating mass pushes toward our border. Now you either get it on top of this and get rid of the people that shouldn't be in here. Get on top of your immigration officers that are suddenly giving these criminals IDs as if they're clean background and everything or else we'll start charging tariffs. So now every time someone wants to export a car from a building facility, like let's pretend ABC company is building cars in Mexico and they want to bring them over the border to America to sell them, but they have to pay 25% for each car they're bringing in, they're not going to be exporting to America. They're not going to be building cars in Mexico and they will shut down and there go jobs for the Mexicans. So that is how you fix things. On top of that, he said, and 
did you notice how he noted that the USMCA supersedes that? Because there were the USMCA was so nicely crafted that there were loopholes if there was to be abuse by one party of the agreement, right? So here we have the president saying it supersedes it. And if this doesn't work, then we're going to look at how we're going to get back at you for all these billions of dollars in drugs that are coming through your, from your country to us. Because, you know, it's not like Mexico has the most fields of coca plants for cocaine. Not like Mexico has a, a stretch of poppy fields for the heroin. But the Central American countries do, which means that they're coming through your southern border, which means they're coming from you, which means you're not doing your job. And you're like, yeah, as long as you don't stop in Mexico and you just go to America, you're fine. Go. That's not supposed to happen. We're supposed to be partners. We're bordering countries. We're supposed to be working together is, you know, Mexico shouldn't be working against or at the expense of another country. They should be working with all countries that border them. They should say, if you succeed, I succeed. And that is how cooperations happen. There shouldn't be like, well, it's not my problem. They're going to America here. Take the yellow book road and head up to through El Paso and take your stuff. They should be working together. And the president has numerous times stated that. You know, we're having the problem and you're just letting it happen. That's not a good, it's like, it's like your neighbor next door, like knowing that his gutter or whatever, you know, it's raining a lot and you know, it's not my problem because the way the fence is like this and it's only hurting your property. You'd be like, come on, man, why don't you prop that side up? So it doesn't hurt my property that not my problem. That makes for a shitty neighbor, right? This is, ex this is exactly what we're seeing now. Shiffy issues, shiffy, shiffy, shiffy through Mexico coming to America, not only on the humans, the children, but the drugs and the infiltration of people that want to take down the country from within. Remember, we have a lot of illegal migrants that are dropping off prayer rugs across the border and, you know. We can't just say, oh, well, maybe there's a spike in Islam con conversion, you know, down in Central America. That's, that's not happening. So the border is a big issue. Our president is down there watching the wall being built. I'm waiting to see if Tommy Fisher from North Dakota actually got uh, the contract because he can build a wall, one mile a wall a day, which means this can be rectified faster than it is being stated. So it's uh, it's something curious to watch. Uh, I, we did see when our president actually left, they interviewed him. And, you know, he was tongue-in-cheek. They were asking him questions. Uh, hey, why would you put that Biden video? Well, why not? Is it not something fun? Can we not laugh? So that was interesting. So we'll see something happening today. But what I wanted to do is talk elections a little bit. Uh, and this falls into global warming. We have a lot of that uh, narrative going around how global warming is such a big deal. I want to play a piece from Tucker Carlson last night, um, the other night. I just want you guys to listen to this for a second. Amen. The singular crisis, the singular crisis that we face, a crisis that could, at its worst, lead to extinction. If we don't have the bravery to take it on as the most important challenge of our lifetime, then we don't care about those children. A life and death 
issue. We are running out of runway to be able to fix this problem. People are going to die. Habitat will be destroyed. Seas will rise. Insects will spread. We're like, the world is going to end in 12 years if we don't address climate change. Like, this is the war. This is our World War II. So bad, they're running out of adjectives. So what's to blame for this world-ending cataclysm? World-ending cataclysm of global warming. Guys, I remember when Al Gore was running and told us that by the year, what was it, 2000-something, we would be submerged underwater. Um, You know, I'm not going to say that we don't have a problem with waste and that we don't know how to uh, get rid of waste that is not biodegradable. That's actually a real thing. And with technology these days, we do have ways to create more recyclable materials that can actually be used and transferred, um, you know, throughout time. Like instead of using plastic bags, I am a fan of paper bags. I just like them. Maybe it's because I'm old school on that. And I like, you know, those cheesy netted uh, granny baggies to carry fruit. Uh, But I I understand that we have a problem, but it's not like this. And the reason I wanted to talk about this uh, global warming, this eco push is reminding everyone how in 2013, uh, 14, uh, President Barack Hussein Obama gave six billion dollars i mentioned this yesterday to brunei six billion dollars and guess what for a green initiative supposedly they're going to be building windmills you know and uh making it more a better place to live in and the thing is why are we investing or lending if you want to call it lending six billion dollars to Brunei, like what, how is Brunei having windmills going to help us? It's pretty, pretty weird, right? Pretty, pretty weird. And so we're seeing this really big push on a global scale with, um, all of these, uh, how would you say granola munchers and trying to create a portrait of how our president doesn't pay attention to things that matter for like in the future. And if ever we have any issue of global (laughs) climate change or collapse, that's going to be like a thousand years from now and then some. So, uh, Funny thing is, today I watched live a little bit before the show, Joe Biden talking about how, oh, you forgotten American, we haven't forgotten you, you electrical worker, you this, you that, and it's kind of like, all right, stop. Hold on a second, because you're the ones that killed the blue-collar jobs. You're the ones that shut down coal mines. You're the ones that shut down energy. You're the ones that had no support for farmers, no support for blue-collar workers. You guys purported the best way to go forward is to sit in a cubicle. And now Biden is changing his rhetoric. Man, you're never going to get over this creepy antic you have and him using the rhetoric of the president just goes to show that that's what the people want but anyway let's take a listen to what he says of i was never labeled as a moderate just listen to this if you look at all if you look at all the polling data 
and look at the actual results. The party has not moved to way whatever. How you? I don't want to characterize it. Whatever characterization you just made. The fact of the matter is, the vast majority of the members of the Democratic Party are still basically liberal to moderate Democrats in the traditional sense. And you look at those. I went into 65, 66, 67 races on the ground. I campaigned, I think, for virtually every one of the 41 people who won. Show me the really left, 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 left winners who beat a Republican. A Republican. So the idea the Democratic Party sort of stood on its head, I don't get. And by the way, we should welcome. The party should welcome this. What I don't know how you want to characterize it. The the the, the progressive left. It should be welcome. We should have a debate about these things. That's not a bad thing. But the idea, all of a sudden, the Democratic Party woke up and, and uh, you know, everybody asked, you know, what kind of Democrat. I, I'm an Obama-Biden Democrat, man. And I'm proud of it. Okay, guys, did you hear that? So he's trying to say that the Democrats are liberal centrists. They're moderate. They are not what people say. What, what is he talking about? Is he insane? Does he not see? And the fact that he said, well, I'm an Obama-Biden Democrat. That means you're not getting reelected. Because here's what's going to happen. We're going to ensure that we can begin impeachment 44 proceedings if you even attempt to get on the floor. And if we're impeaching 44 or even putting forward the notion of impeaching 44, I mean, you were vice president, weren't you? Right. You were vice president. So if the president was the one that was making all these decisions to spy on the Trump campaign and President Trump as president and working with all these foreign nations to collude. Do you think Joe Biden didn't know anything? It's like, mm, that is a stretch. So why is he talking? He's talking because he thinks that the FISA uh, applications and warrants and all this information won't come to light. Uh, and I'll tell you why, because this is what they're banking on. They're trying to say we're concealing it, uh, for, to help the president, right? That we're concealing the Mueller report to help the president. When in essence, there's more investigations that are going on. There are tons more and we can't give you everything, but we can tell you some of it. We can't implicate all these countries because we got to see what's going on in England, right? April 12th is their day. Are they going to Brexit, clean cut, or are they going to remain on the EU leash? What's going on with Australia? Is Comey and Podesta uh, that uh, Comey and Podesta are there? There's uh, word on the street, sources, unconfirmed, obviously, because we can't obtain information of applications for citizens due to the fact that there's personal identifying information. But if they've applied for citizenship in New Zealand, how does that compromise Australia and New Zealand right now? How does it compromise their relationship with the United States? How does it compromise our foreign relations? This is why uh, the Mueller report and the FISA warrants aren't put out on the open right away. 
So they can skew and create narratives. They can attempt to say, well, kind of like Hillary Clinton did. I mean, Biden's doing the same thing. Hillary Clinton ran knowing she is a tainted candidate, knowing that she is corrupt, knowing that she is the only one that colluded with the Russian government, knowing that she had paid Ukrainians to fix the elections against President Trump, knowing that she was literally colluding with the mainstream media and we have evidence, knowing that we had emails that showed some really nefarious transactions and speeches, knowing that she was breaking the law and funneling classified information to a foreign country, knowing that many members around her and even including herself have been found to be linked to something called crimes against children. Knowing all of this, she still ran, put a smile on her face, and we had POTUS 44 stomping for her. Knowing that she was bringing in illegal migrants. They did all of this knowingly. Now we know all of this. And this is how she ran. She ran anyway. With all of this, she ran anyway. All of this. So you think Biden, with possibly having links to slush funds, to hush-hush people, uh, and colluding with uh, former disgraced President Barack Hussein Obama, colluding with global allies, you think he cares about that? No, he doesn't. They have zero integrity. They don't say, you know what, I've done all of this. This is going to come out, but I'll just bear and grin it. Talking about his touchy feeling stuff, there is one video that I found, and I'm going to look for it during the break, where they amplified the audio where he was talking to a young child, and he said something along the lines, do you know how, and he used another word, not excited, excited I am to be next to a 14-year-old like you or something, and he used the H word, H-O-R-N-Y. So that was amplified audio. That's disgusting. If he can do that in front of cameras, all you have to do is wonder what is he doing behind cameras what is he doing and saying and touching without cameras in his face so if anyone says well he's not crazy enough to run with all of this he must be fine no they have no integrity they really don't care and with all these things that came out with Hillary Clinton that she knew she was doing and the people around her knew she was doing I mean, we see it from the way Peter Strzok and, and Lisa Page and the FBI and the DOJ all colluded, you know, to not get her in trouble. They all knew she got HQ treatment. They made it go away because that is how corrupt people work. They get each other's back because then that's more insurance for them, right? It's not like Hillary Clinton would ever fire Lisa Page or Peter Strzok if she was president. Actually, they'd probably get awards and really cushy positions and tons of money if they help, if they were part of the solution. And this is how corrupt circles work. So if she ran and the people in our government allowed her to run, knowing that all of this was occurring, knowing all the crimes that she's committed, knowing all the speculation behind a series of Clinton body count, and they did it with a smile on their face, applauding and throwing on all these shows, well then you better bet that whatever Biden has done, whatever he is doing, whoever he is really behind cameras, you're never going to know because he's never going to admit to it. And even if you investigate him, he's never going to admit to it. So here's another thing, just so you guys know. 
what they did to President Trump and President Trump calling him out for surveilling him. Because uh, you think the FISA warrants was how they spied on our president? Do you really think that? Uh-uh. There were at least four different operations prior to that. Four of them. Four of them, and they're all coming to light. So here's the thing. Now, we cannot use their antics to monitor them, and they know this. Because it was a normal practice within the swamp to look at each other and feel each other out and see who's a better candidate. Because there was never two sides. It was always one side. And they would pick which one they want. Now it's actually two sides. And the side that we're on, the President Trump side, the Trump train side, is honest. So obviously he's not going to be, what, monitoring any candidate that comes through. That's our job. That is our job as citizens. That is our job as cyber soldiers, digital soldiers, to get all this information. It is our job to do it legally, and it is our job to put the news out there because no one else will. So keep your eyes out. These elections that are coming up are going to be the dirtiest ones ever, and we are going to have so many open seats in the House. It's ridiculous. It will be like a civil war now when they kick off after this summer. They're going to start ramping up. We're going to be seeing the candidates. You know, funny thing is, though, I'm not seeing a lot of Bernie. Bernie raised an insane amount of money. Beto did so in like 15 days as well. Kamala seems to be off the radar after the Smollett thing. We've got Biden coming up the ranks because people are like, yo, he's not going to investigate you. He can't because that would be illegal. So, but what we're doing is we're investigating his son and you know the way investigations go right the way they go is if we're investigating your son and something comes up about you we can investigate that but here's where it sucks now that he's announced that he's actually running for president it would actually be considered political opposition uh you know that's what they do where they like start filing lawsuits against you because you're running for for a political position you could be running for anything legislation local senate congress mayor whatever when you see political opposition or a certain party start filing lawsuits against you it's usually politically motivated 100 times 100 percent so the fact that biden is running now after his son is under fire indicates that he wants to have that protection at least so that way they can stymie the ability of um you know, uh, attacking him to be a candidate. And also situations like this give rise to what special counsels. And this is uh, the problem because they've already started introducing the idea of secondary special counsels. So this could be one of them with Hunter going down. Now, after the break, I'll be joined by Scott Adams. So we could talk about fire Friday Stay tuned. Uh, we're going to be giving you predictions for next week and what's to come because next week's going to be really, really fast. Like super fast lightning. See you all in a few.
Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. Welcome, everyone, to the Tori Sess Show. I'm your host, Tori. Uh, this hour I'm joined by Scott Adams. So we could kind of talk about a few things, uh, that are pretty much speculative, pretty much what's going on here. I want to talk about what we're expecting to see the plea deal that was agreed to last month. That's coming up to fruition today, uh, what the president is doing with the border and then kind of analyze the bizarre, uh, you know, outcome of these Mandan massacres that I haven't spoken about yet uh, to tell you about who they um, arrested and whatnot. Uh, Scott Adams, welcome to the Tory Says Show. It's always amazing to have you here. My listeners love you. I tell them that they should go to www.scottadamsshow.com to listen to all your latest radio broadcasts without uh, commercial interruptions. How are you doing today? Doing great. I was just <laughs> reading the news as usual, right? And uh, looking at uh, Prime, um, Chancellor Merkel, uh, Angela Merkel, and she's meeting with President Barack Obama today. I wonder what that's about. Yeah, I know, right? Isn't it curious? Because we had NATO come over and they left with like a wet butt and it's and it was kind of a weird tone when uh, he addressed the rest of the members of NATO so something's up. What do you think is going on? Oh, they're desperate. <laughs> Trump, Trump has flipped it upside down and inside out. They're just trying, like, what do we do now, boss? <laughs> you know, you could just see Chancellor kissing Obama's face, you know, and then what do we do now? <laughs> it's like, do another mic drop. See how that works. It's yeah. not working. Yeah, they use you know? everything. What's never happened to them is Trump. Well, yeah, because they used every single weapon they had. First, they started with rumors, right? Then they started attacking him on social media with fake news. Then they created a dossier that globally was sourced, right, from all these countries and allies, like using intelligence assets to frame him as a Russian agent, and that failed. And, you know, the more they used the full power of the media to crush him, and they're just like, why are people still listening to him? Why are they still talking about him? Like we tried every trick in the book. What do we do? So what do you think uh, these nefarious globalists are discussing? I mean, we saw that Obama last week met with all the freshmen in the house. And I I took it as a sense of, hey, you guys, you guys haven't sent any emails. You didn't help collude with with us to remove Donald Trump. Here's what's so great. Here's what's so great, though, because we know that. You know, Google is in bed with China and, you know, there's a lot of things that are going going on that uh, you're, you're going to see come out of the woodwork. I mean, basically, China and North Korea 
and every everything that's you know going on in the world with regard to trade uh i'm sure that amlo and mexico i'm sure that um the european union with juncker uh and i'm sure that china and north korea they all are trying to wait out trump and just say well maybe just maybe he won't win in 2020 and you better believe that there's going to be willing participants to meddle in our election and the problem that the liberals are now facing is not only are they trying to you know say that uh, foreigners have meddled in our business like russia right which really wasn't any different this year than it was 10 years ago you know what russian collusion wasn't any different th- today than it was 10 years ago but it's uh it's different you know it might be a little bit different in the sense that you have this social media uh pariah now and things are different in that way but i mean the interest is still the same the games have been being played for decades uh, you know they but here's the thing the thing about it is is that now there's going to be this new scrutiny because it's like okay we got to prevent this from ever happening and happening again thank you nadler thank you schiff thank you cummings you know thank you muller thank you rod rosenstein thank you john uh brennan you know because at some at the end of the day now it's going to be much much more difficult for these foreign entities to meddle in our elections and rig elections and try to donate give aid to lots of money uh and influence uh with particular candidates because they would love nothing more than someone like joe biden who you know basically would hold withhold a billion dollars as he did with ukraine in order to get a guy fired who was going after his son hunter's business right i mean that's the kind of game that was played and we're seeing it all unravel right before our eyes all this stuff is coming out and so it's interesting when you when you see this happen uh, right now, because of the scrutiny, it's backfiring on the liberals because they're the ones that are going to benefit from the foreign aid from China or North Korea or Mexico or from Europe in order to you know finance their campaigns with foreign donations, probably illegal foreign donations. But it's not working anymore because there's going to be new scrutiny played upon it. And uh, that's what's interesting. I think that, if anything, uh, a lot of these meetings that you're seeing you know with um barack obama and angela merkel i mean they're powerless now they don't even have a powerful press anymore the press has lost 50 percent of their influence uh through their ratings uh their ratings are plummeting their credibility is zero that's why one more thing i well i'm on drudge right now and i'm looking at trump's approval rating 51 percent, despite 94 percent media going against him Despite the meetings that you see all over the world, you know, Iran isn't is uh, worthless now uh, and you can't beat the new jobs numbers. Right. The the wonderful jobs numbers, the wonderful economic numbers that we're seeing, that's going to trump everything. And I use that word, you know, pun intended. But, I like it. Yes. you know. We're talking about these meetings and stuff, you know, like Obama meeting with Merkel. And remember when John Kerry was meeting with the Iranians and stuff like that, trying to give assurance that Trump's not going to make it. Trump's going to get impeached. Trump's going to fail. Trump's going to lose. At some point, when Trump wins 2020, that's when the real qualm happens, to quote a Jerry Maguire phrase. That's when you really, really get the sweet spot because these other countries are – 
who think that they could wait it out aren't going to be able to wait it out and they're going to have to comply. And that's when you're really going to see the progress of the Trump, the, the true Trump effect. Well, um, it's, it's, it's interesting you say that, you know, they are powerless and, but you know, just how they were, like you've said before, they were giving tickets for jaywalking. So now we are, uh, you know, when they weren't jaywalking, giving Biden, right? right? Yeah. That's where I'm getting at. Biden knows that now that his hunt, that Hunter is under investigation, it'll be very difficult for them to bring out anything about the investigation that could involve him. And he's using that because obviously they, in a corrupt manner, uh, surveilled, um, captured, uh, I would say, information or manufactured information in order to hurt his campaign, which is actually not legal. So I think he's using that to his benefit, kind of like the way Hillary Clinton knew and everybody knew what she's done, what she was doing, how she was doing it. And she still ran with a smile like, I've got nothing to hide because everyone was covering for her. But now Joe Biden knows that whatever they find on me, they can't release it because it's relating to my son. That's that's something that's that's curious to me. But I wanted to ask you a question. So reports are coming out that Julian Assange is going to be expelled from the Ecuadorian embassy, right? Now, I'm going to say that he has already been outside of the embassy from what I have, you know, sources say. So what are you making about this coming out now? What is your take on this? Uh, well, you know, I didn't, I didn't really know about the part that you just said. I, I did know about the other part, which is that I'm with you on that. He, I think he could be in Getbo, you know, in a nice little safe, like uh, beachfront hut. You know, I mean, I think he's definitely um, somewhere uh, that's in a controlled environment. I think he's a, an important figure. I think he actually will be the uh, deep state, this uh, swamp. I think it'll be their worst nightmare. I think that he knows a lot of things that um, could take the swamp down. People forget about one small, de- one, I think, important detail. And that is, there's a man named Adam Waldman, for example, that was not only Oleg Deripaska's attorney, and not only did he work with Bruce Orr in order to secure a visa for Oleg Deripaska, uh, but he also was a lobbyist for Mark Warner. And it's kind of interesting to see Richard Burr, who's the chairman of the Senate Intel Committee, connected with James Wolf, who's still whose plea deal is still waiting, I think, for sentencing. And they're begging for leniency for him. And he was the guy that was sleeping with Ali Watkins, who released 82 pages of part of Page's FISA warrant or FISA um, agreement. And so, um, you know, and they were handing out, they had an internal investigation uh, with respect to um, internal leaks. And they had different versions, as you and I have talked about almost for a year now about this, right? Uh, we were talking about different versions of different documents that were being sent out and they were being redacted. And it was the reason why a lot of these declassifications haven't even happened. It's because there was an internal investigation on leaking. And I think Adam Schiff is going to actually find himself on the, on the short end of the stick off uh, after that investigation reveals itself. Uh, But they're trying to get a lot of other people too. But 
this guy named Adam Waldman is connected not only with the Senate Intel, Mark Warner to be specific, but you know, there's a lot of corruption in the Senate Intel Committee. But uh, but a lot but, of corruption. But I want to tell you something. And, and uh, Adam Waldman was 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 uh, was Julian Assange's uh, pro bono attorney, and uh, I think that uh, there's a lot of information uh, that's going to be uh, transferred once he s- testifies under oath, because for the longest part. Uh, he has remained silent about things that he knows very well, like Seth Rich, for example. He knows everything about Seth Rich. I'm sure of it. And he also knows a lot about what was going on with I, – I bet you there's a lot of information that hasn't been released in terms of the emails that he obtained, I think, through Seth Rich or by, from Seth Rich. But I also think that he's learned a lot through his attorney, Adam Waldman, who was working with Oleg Deripaska, who was working with the whole deep state spy gate. So, okay. So let I me think tell you what I know. More fearful, yeah, but more no, fearful of Julian Assange. Yeah. But I'm going to tell our listeners something that nobody knows. It's really curious how they're saying that he's being expelled now for the INA papers, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And that they're arranging for his arrest. It could be hours and days. Do you want me to tell you when it's going to happen? It's going to happen after April 16th. Why? April 16th. Guess who is coming to Washington, D.C. to meet with our president? Yes, Ecuador. So this is where it's coming down to it. Because uh, they're making arrangements for him to be detained by the United Kingdom. And what do we have also going on with the United Kingdom? Brexit, right? So it's all coming like stars aligning. The president is meeting with Ecuador and Washington, D.C. on April 16th. We have the Brexit deadline, April 12th. And, you know, just like we said, you know, we already know that he was here. He was in Gitmo and that all happened. So I think this is just for um, effect, maybe, because he has got the goods on everyone. And it's just curious that uh, there's going to be this meeting on April 16th at the White House. So you heard it here first, guys, that... Um, he will be coming uh, to the White House and uh, President uh, Moreno, uh, you know, will be speaking with the president of the United States. And apparently they're going to be uh, meeting on Tuesday between 5 and 7, 6.37 o'clock. So that's pretty interesting, isn't it? That is very interesting. I didn't know about that. Yeah, not and, a lot of people um, do. I've been following all of this stuff. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And, uh, you know, the other part of that equation is we know what a bad actor Prime Minister Cameron was, uh, Theresa May is. We know uh, that they're part of the swamp. We know that British Intel was trying to sabotage Trump's ability to warm a relationship with Putin. We know that, uh, and I would suspect that the uh, spies that were poisoned were poisoned by British intelligence. The same British intelligence that represented, uh, uh, that used uh, Christopher Steele as representation of their dirty scoundrel work, uh, that uh, Robert Hannigan from GCHQ colluded with John Brennan, uh, that they colluded with John McCain to overthrow a, an American election, that British Intel was directly involved as part of our Five Eyes partnership, and they worked with Australia's Alexander Downer. 
They worked with New Zealand and some of the loopholes they have with regard to their not having to log in to go to a SCIF and be known and cataloged and archived. So we know that the British Intel has been up to no good. I would also even uh, venture to guess that they had a, played a hand in the death of a Secret Service agent in Scotland when President Trump uh, was on his way to Helsinki and we lost a Secret Service person uh, there who died and they said it was for natural causes like a brain aneurysm. I don't believe it. I think it was food poisoning. Um, but we know that the British Intel has a lot to hide right now. And that's one of the things that you know has been, uh, I think, a complicated issue. And I think they wanted to see how Brexit was going to play out. You know, Theresa May was in an interview in England and laughing behind President Trump's back when they finally got it out of her. What was the recommendation that Trump gave to you? And she said, well, he wanted me to sue the European Union. Ha, ha, ha. And, of course, that would have given her more leverage because she would have won that argument uh, in court. And that would have given her more leverage at the bargaining table. But more, you know, the moron that she is couldn't negotiate herself out of a paper bag. And now they're left with this big hot mess with their Brexit. So, yeah, I think that um, once Trump is done with the British intel and restructuring the five eyes and basically – uh, England isn't going to isn't going to lay a, a glove on Julian Assange, and uh, I think it'll be interesting to see what kind of information comes out with Trump's meeting uh, with the Ecuadorian leader. Well, here's the thing: it's not Trump that is setting up this meeting, right? Let's keep it um, so that way. I wanted to clarify because I wanted people to simmer on this. This is like an uh, an America's relation thing. He's going to be in D.C. and they're all invited. Do you see what I'm saying? Because this is how you get conversations going. We've got the president, President Moreno in Washington D.C., Assange's expulsion on the brim, and Brexit all coming together at the same time and right now they're saying that they're negotiating how he's going to be handed over to uk authorities and the question is will he be handed over to uk authorities or will the united states demand that he get extradited to the united states so this is going to be really interesting because it's as if it's a coincidence you know there's what are we <laughs> when things happen so conveniently it's never a coincidence right Never. So that is really, really interesting. I'm, I was hoping, um, because it's so late in the game that this came out. And I think it was because they were trying to ensure that president Moreno could make it to Washington DC. And you know, a president just doesn't come to meet with little ditty councils. It's like us saying that the legal council, uh, you know, in, I don't know, the legal council of the United States policy in Uzbekistan is holding a dinner to raise funds and they've invited RBG and she goes, it's not small potatoes that he's coming, right? So it's not like a president of a country will be coming with only that on his agenda. That's the deal. So this is breaking. Not a lot of people know about it. I've just been following it because we are waiting for Assange to blow this up. And remember, this is all coming up to the point where we've got the Roger Stone. We've got General Flynn. We've got all these things going around and how CNN is trying to paint WikiLeaks as an evildoer when all they did was increase transparency. I mean, what are your thoughts on how the media is handling this Assange expulsion? 
you know, the way they're portraying it. How do you see that? Because they used to applaud him when he exposed other things. What do you think? Well, there's a mixed bag. I mean, I think you could even say that there's a mix between uh, between Republicans. Uh, Republicans are always <laughs> always dissent from one another. Uh, it's the Democrats that literally have these these phone calls, and somehow you know they just crack the whip, and everybody has gets on message. Republicans don't do that, and you know I'm kind of glad that they don't. But on the same token, you know it does hurt us a little bit in terms of winning. Uh, you know, house seats or something like that. Um, but, you know, I, I've always, my gut feeling is that his disclosures and trend, you know, his, uh, his, uh, you know, his, in, his presence has been a good thing. It's, it's been great for transparency. Um, that being said, you know, it was really the Democrats that took a big hit uh, from what he did, you know, I don't think Trump would be president today if it wasn't for WikiLeaks. So I could understand where the Democrats are disgruntled and upset and hate the man, uh, because their worst nightmare came true because of that added advantage that Trump benefited from. I actually think that there's a lot more though. And, uh, I think it's going to reveal that, uh, you know, people like James Comey really did turn a blind eye to a lot of uh, the charade that was going on within the DNC and within the uh, Hillary Clinton's email gate. Uh, I don't know how much of what they know uh, is going to involve the Ukraine deal and the Uranium One. Uh, I don't know how much of that's going to be there, but I think that you're going to find that there's probably more to Pizzagate and uh, Podesta and John Podesta uh, than meets the eye. And, uh, you know, I think we'll learn more and more about that. And That's again, they really don't want that to be known. No, of you course know, they not. They don't want that to be known at all. Of course not. And, you know, it's, it's really funny. We all know of the existence of this slush fund that senators and congresspersons have to pay off uh, se- gross sexual imposition charges, rape, and any other complaints. How come we can't get it when it's funded by tax money? That blows my mind completely right we're supposed to be able to see where every penny is spent and yet we can't get our hands on that one thing that i wanted to tell you know you know we should storm the gates and get access to that data i mean it's our data it belongs to us (laughs) you're preaching to the choir preaching to the choir i am so there with you i wanted to um I wanted to point out what uh, I just got a message saying. Did you see uh, Biden say, everyone knows I like kids better than people? Like, what do you say to that? Because (laughs) what do you say to that? Like, I'm looking for that audio where they amplified Biden saying something so vile to a child. Uh, You know, uh, (sighs) it was just... I just, I just don't I understand how they have. When Trump did the uh, retweet on the Carpe Dunctum video, I thought it was hilarious. You know, the media is like, it's not presidential. And Biden retorted, it's not presidential. It's like, what's not presidential? You, you threatening to actually, you know, punch, punch out Trump behind a barn, you know, in a schoolhouse or whatever. I mean, it's like, give me a break, Joe. You know, gaff a minute, Joe. Uh, number one. Number two, what he did was totally inappropriate. And it was never appropriate. He's just coming around to it now. 
Now, the fact that he has to actually have a primetime meeting, you know, or or make a special presentation about his behavior is like, whoa, that's the chapter you're on? I mean, here's a guy that you think, you know, you want to run a country and you can't even figure out how to interact with people? I mean, that's the chapter you're on? Uh, it's like, Scott, we're not ready. We're not ready for prime time. Before we break, I want everyone to just listen to this amplified audio. Just listen to it. It's horrendous. Listen. All right, come on, slide in. They're taking pictures. Listen to that. Do you know how horny I am to have a 13-year-old girl standing next to me? Talk to my daughter Ashley about the film. You're a good-looking girl. Listen to it again. Hold on, I'll play it. Can you hear that, Scott? Did you hear that? Uh, you know, I could make it out, and I was even turning my volume yeah, up. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's the best are you ever. Sure Guess, they've actually transcribed it. Um, I can see if I can that's share a, this that's video. That's a fact. Right? Yeah, that, I have, I have the video. You can see it. I've heard it a few times since yesterday because I was like, this can't be real. This can't be real. And it's it, right. he's literally saying, you he, don't know how horny I am to have. What, what was the text that he said? It, this is from 2016, by the way. Hold on. I am okay, going to copy. What did Biden say? Because I'm going to Google it. I'm going to. Okay. Yeah, that's great. Hold on. I'm playing it again. Um, by the way, do you want to know how horny I am to have a 13-year-old girl standing right next to me? Talk to my daughter, Ashley, about the film. Heh, heh, heh. You're a good-looking girl. Those were the exact words. And this video is from 2016. Hasn't been seen by many. Only be sh- has been shared by one. I would actually, I'm going to screenshot this for all my listeners right now. And I'm going to tweet it out so people can see it. I, f- I found it on Facebook. See, sometimes these videos live when they're not detected because people don't share them. You know what I mean? And so yeah. here we go. Um, Let's tour. see if I can get the audio. Uh, hold on. So I just tweeted that out for everyone. Go ahead. Go ahead. That was Senator Coon's daughter. You got to look up the Senator Tiger from Top it's hard to make out it's hard to make out but uh it's incredible 
It is. Uh, and they live and work among us. They rule us, right? And they're usually in the highest office. Stand there and let that happen is, is, the, is the thing. Because obviously the daughter was definitely uncomfortable. You could see that, right? And you got to just say, you know, no way do you uh, allow that to happen to your daughter. Oh uh, what gosh. kind of man is Senator Coons to let that happen? Well, you but, you know, of course. You remember you know, that, 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 that yeah, but Sessions had smacked his hand away when he went to touch one of his children. Did you remember that? There's a video in the article that I wrote on ToriSays.com that's, and you can search it and say Biden or textbook. It's titled Textbook Predator. Biden is a textbook predator. And there's a video in there where you can see Jeff Sessions literally swatting away Biden's hand. It also, though, uh, to, to I saw that video. It also looked like he was swatting her hair. No, it was his hand. As he reached out, he just did it really discreetly. Biden got the hint. Uh, but all of them, it's just really weird. They're so awkward. But you know how that is? It's because of power. You'll be surprised how easily someone will sell out their own integrity in order to feel like they have power. It's all fear and power. And that is what represents those in office right now. Those people that have been office in in office for decades, those people that are holdovers across the nation, they bully people into submission. They feel like they have so much power that they can do whatever they want and not held be held accountable, kind of like Joe Biden. And this is why he would act like that in front of cameras. Imagine what he did when the cameras weren't on. That's the thing. Right. You know, that's just because he, about it. He's, he's impulsive. He can't control his behavior and i am looking at that biden uh sessions encounter and it is true yeah he did swat his hand and uh, again because sessions i think knew of course they all know but they all know that's the thing all of them know like when and nobody wants to speak because if they speak all of them have insurance policies on this is how corrupt people work and speaking of you know having each other's back and keeping each other's secrets this is exactly what i think is happening in this mandan massacre i mean they're painting this picture of this chiropractor uh you know brutally mutilating three people and then killing someone that just appeared to be there when he's got no record, no violence, no nothing, just a chiropractor with two dinky offices living in a trailer, um, a mobile home, which is something normal in North Dakota. Majority of people do live in mobile homes because during the oil boom, that's all they sprung up was mobile homes. And so he's paying his student loans. No one complains right after these murders. He even had patients that he, uh, you know, worked with that were like, well, he didn't seem flustered. And I'm thinking, unless you're a serial killer, right. And have done this before. And your plan was actually impeded by some dude as well. And you had to get rid of him last minute. Uh, you'd be flustered. You'd have something, you know, to hide. You'd be weird. You'd be awkward, but none of that happened. And so this guy has been arrested and charged. Well, they're saying they arrested him for double a felony murder on four counts. And it's kind of like, okay, stop.
Dude, what did you find? It was a traffic stop from a car that matched the drive-by that you already said had nothing to do with it. And now, what did you find in his car? Like a bloody shirt from like four days ago? A machete that was used in the murder? Or gotten? Like, what did you find? Suddenly, he's arrested. They get a warrant because they found something in his car, they said, because uh, he was pulled over as a traffic. And then they're raiding his home. Uh, it's just strange. It's so strange. And it's as if they just want to get the feds off their back because from my sources just a few minutes ago is that they've actually reached out and said, sorry, we're good. Sorry, we're good. And, you know, I'd really like to uh, get, you know, an open records request and see what CSI equipment they actually have or what they've conducted. I mean, I guess I have to wait, but this guy is supposedly going before the court in the next half hour. So it'll be interesting to see how they're holding him or is it just them saying he did it? So it's really strange because this is how people cover each other's back. If it was one of their yeah. own that had the connection, we saw this in Los Angeles just recently, right? With the with a police officer that was arrested for working with the cartels. I mean, he was covering up for another officer and lied to the FBI, lied to investigators repeatedly of any connections he had, yet he was fattening up accounts somewhere else. They were getting boats. They were spreading it about. Their kids were getting jobs, you know, from the government, all the way up connections to the top of the list within the state of California. The same thing happens here. I mean, the citizens are scared of their own police department. Uh, you know, they just find someone and they do it. I don't know. This is strange. I mean, that's how they work, don't they, Scott? Yep. And, you know, the thing about Joe Biden, too, is that, you know, to your point about Joe Biden and his behavior in front of the uh, public is that he's been doing it for so long that he doesn't realize how creepy and how obvious and how transparent. It's sort of like, you know, if you have like some sort of a, a you know, something on the wall in your house that shouldn't be there, you know, like something's a, or something's uh, amiss, you know, there's a stain on the ceiling or something and you live your life and you don't kind of notice it. You just forget it's even there. Then you get a guest come over and the first thing they noticed is, Oh, look at that thing. What happened to your ceiling? You know, or whatever, you know, and like, Oh, I forgot about right. that. that. Yeah. That happened a couple of years ago, you know, and you just don't notice it anymore. And I, I really think that Joe Biden doesn't even notice it because he, you know, I was just looking at this other video as well, and I'm like, the guy is just creepy. The way he looks at these little girls, it's just unbelievable. And there was pictures from him 20, 30 years ago where he was doing it then. You know, poor Sandusky got caught, right? I mean, well, that's good. I'm glad he got caught. Not, I don't really, really mean poor in its legitimate sense. But he got caught. You know, there's so many people that never get caught. And are promoted as heroes. Just think. I mean, when Sandusky was caught, he was caught. And, you know, you started to see the man as truly who he really is. But he was, you know, a big-time football coach for Penn State. And he was a leader in the community. And if he didn't get caught, he would have continued with that personality. He would have probably even been a candidate to run for office at some point. He would have been a leader in a community, a pillar of society. Uh, and that's what Joe Biden plays himself off to be when he's nothing more than a scumbag. Well, you know, Biden is just one of those where everyone covers up for everyone. That's what I'm saying. And then they applaud each other, too.
Great job on doing that. Great job. You are such a hero. You are so good at what you do. You are a patriot. You are doing this. And it's kind of like, are these people insane? Like Heidi Heidkamp, he told her to spread her legs on camera to get frisked. Like her husband was right there. Wasn't he going to turn around and say, yo, why are you talking to my wife like that? Nothing. They just laughed it all off. Uh, you know, someone commits a crime. Great job. Great job. It's like, what are we, we, this is pure insanity. These are organized rings. Like we saw with varsity blues, like it's coming out with this Amazon scandal, uh, everywhere. It's like these things are manifesting that you're just like, oh my gosh, it's such a bad thing. Can we just like press the reset button, please? Because it's such a hot mess. I mean, how do you fix something so broken? How do you fix something so broken that the people don't even want to be bothered to fix? Tell me, right. you know, like we have, let's take the massacre. For example, everybody knows that this was signature cartel killings. Everybody does. It makes absolutely no sense that this random dude did it. And absolutely zero sense, zero. Yet here's the police looking like they're hiding something their uh their hand and body movement shows that of someone concealing they're giving stroking their fingers and you know kind of curling their fingers in a self-soothing fashion their face tone and body language doesn't match and they're sitting there saying we did this we got him and then you have the other police departments literally on facebook great job man Dan. great job for what doing your job this is just strange it is really really strange it's like all of them are coming together to cover up just like we saw them come together when they covered up for the chaplain of the bismarck pd Uh, nobody this isn't even well reported the chaplain of the bismarck police department the capitals police department was being investigated for luring minors on a computer and he's still a damn chaplain at the police department. Uh, well, he was smacked wrist, you know, whatever, go home. The same thing happened with the U S marshal of North. The, the, the guy that was appointed as U S marshal disappeared in the middle of the night on the 31st of December, 2016, while his deputy marshal was arrested for kitty diddling and charged and, and, and sentenced to so many years for those crimes. This is what they do. They bury things and they cover for each other. And if you only look at small facets like your local law enforcement, your cities, and then your state, you know, then you wonder why it's happening at federal on such disgusting things like children. How do you fix this, Scott? How do you fix it when people don't even want to call it out? I know exactly how you fix it. Uh, how you fix it is you'll, you fix it with an honest press. Okay, because, you know, the, uh, they said, you know, another branch of the third branch, of, fifth branch of government, what is it? Um, but the press has always been an integral part of society. And that if you have a free press or if you have an investigative press, a press that asks questions and represents the people, uh, that's where you get the sweet spot. Because the press are supposed to represent the people, not the power, power state. You know, so it's the power state that's supposed to give free reign to the press. And the press is supposed to be the advocate for the people. You know, you have the representatives in the House representing each district. 
and you have the senators representing each state. And we have a system in place where we have a president, executive branch, legislative branch, judicial branch. We have all these different branches of government and we have checks and balances. But the one thing we need is an unelected official that actually is the watchdog for all of us. And in societies that collapse and societies that are third world and societies that are run by tyrants, they don't have a free press. But what's so interesting about the time that we are in right now with America is that we are uh, we have a press that has willingly drank the Kool-Aid and got in the gas chamber. You know, I mean, they are literally advocating for socialism and repression and oppression and they are okay when you know like i thought okay there's going to be hell to pay when associated press got wiretapped by the holder uh, department of justice or when james rosen got wiretapped his father and i thought okay this is going to be great they're going to put a stop to this no they didn't they didn't even voice a complaint and i'm like how the world can oppress advocate for systems and things that go against themselves. And we saw Laura Loomer out in L.A. going against CARE, one of the best, uh, you know, best resistance movements I've seen, uh, best objections to CARE and to Ilhan Omar. And I said, well, that's great. But you know that she was actually debating with other Jewish people that said, I'm with Ilhan Omar? Other Jewish people that happen to be liberals that support Ilhan Omar. Think about it. 70 to 80 percent of Jewish people actually are Democrats. They vote Democrat traditionally and historically in America to the tune of about 70 percent of Jewish people do that. And I looked at the stats on that. And with Barack Obama, he got about 80, 78 percent, something like that uh, in the 2008 I thought, okay, let me look at 2012 and see how many dropped off. It was about 68 to 72%. I forget the exact number. But it was still ridiculously high from a guy, a radical Islamic sympathizer like Barack Obama, who hates America, would receive that still, receive that kind of support. I have Jewish friends who are liberal that voted for Barack Obama and probably would support Ilhan Omar over Donald Trump. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever to me that people actually vote for the party rather than their better interests. Well, you know, that's the thing. They go with what the majority tells them to. You know, when I was putting out my posts and, uh, you know, talking to local journalists, do you know what one local journalist from like a CBS affiliate told me? Listen to what that person, and I'm not going to say the sex because it'll find out. Uh, You can't report things unless you're told to this is how it works here and i was just like is that a threat like what you can't ask questions you can't ask the right questions and they were like that's not how we work here in north dakota that's not how uh mainstream media press works we wait until we get press releases you're not allowed to ask questions how is that even okay This is what you're getting to, where the press is literally controlled by whoever controls the government, wherever you are, on any level of government, they own you. 
How did this happen? Was it coercion? Was it compromat? Was it part of the Nexvium operation that said, hey, you're a journalist. Hey, why don't you come? You're invited to this party. We're going to have a great time. We're going to be playing around with a whole bunch of, you know, taboo kind of stuff. And they get them in on video. And now if you, you know, violate my trust, I'm going to ruin your career. Yeah. Right, because I got you on, on your video. wife. I got you cheating on your wife. I got do, you doing lines of coke. I got you with someone you thought was eighteen, but was really twelve. I've got this. I've dripped you in jewels and gems and given you money. Be careful, because I can cause you to lose your job with one simple snap of the fingers. That's how they control the media. That is exactly how they control the media globally. This is why they're parrots. It's as if they have someone's hand up their tushy and mouthing for them. Puppets. They just talk, 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 talk. Kind of like the governor in Minnesota, right? And people that well, do... They, work at the top. They, don't, they don't handle every journalist like that. They work with like a Zucker. I bet you Zucker's compromised from head to toe. Oh right? my gosh, yes. And, and he, he is forced and told hire libtards and that's it or you're going to be busted. And not only and that, he, not only that, bank accounts. You got a Brian Stelter as, as the face of CNN. <laughs> yeah, but they also have like financial, uh, you know, insurance policy. If they don't have one on you, they'll make it look like they have one on you. They'll manufacture it if they have to. They will hold you account, and they say we'll manufacture this and have a hundred people stand in line and confirm it. Now you fight that. How do you fight that? And this is why we see uh, journalists globally. How many, wasn't it the Ukrainian journalist, not the one that faked her murder, but the actual one that was murdered uh, when they were talking about what was going on at the border in Europe? Do you remember that? That happened back in 2015. Uh, you know, and what did everyone say? Well, she was against the grain. She wasn't really reporting stuff that was factual. And, you know, she was into like weird things. And it's like, no, this person was like the Laura Loomer of the Ukraine, right? <laughs> when she was reporting on Crimea and how the people of Crimea didn't want to join the EU. And they preferred to work with the Russian Federation in regards to uh, utilizing their resources. But then it was annexed, supposedly, and it was a big takeover. And that's a growing narrative. So you have to say, it because if you don't you've got a thousand people a million people 10 million people saying otherwise and you look crazy kind of like the way laura loomer was saying she's using her you know um campaign funds to divorce her brother and everyone laughed at her and everyone discredited her was she right though scott she was 100 percent right because now everyone's reporting it so that's the way it usually works like you said we have you know the government is one layer of protection and, and, and for criminal organizations. And they themselves are accomplices or criminals as well. But they also need the media to back them up. If they don't have the media... Uh, then they don't have anything. And then you have like these idiot media members that get awarded for things. Do you remember the awards they gave out for like coverage of the Russia collusion? <laughs> Shouldn't they get <laughs> take those awards away now? What do you think? The awards they were given for reporting on Russia collusion? How do you take right. those? They were given yeah. for that. Uh, they got a 16-year-old right now. <laughs> I saw the news. A uh, 16-year-old that's getting a – it's up to win a Pulitzer Prize – for her, her work on climate change. <laughs> this is sixteen this, year old. Right. This is pretty she insane. She doesn't know about the twenty year pause, does she? <laughs> I don't know, man. Because we're all going extinct according to Beto, we're gonna reach extinction as human beings if we someone don't get needs on to it. Give the banks someone needs to give the banks the the memo because they keep investing in coastal property. I, I have no idea why they're doing that. Why are we not seeing sky rises 
uh, you know, skylines popping up all over Nebraska and Missouri. Because that would be a good return on investment, right? No. They keep investing in uh, coastal properties, the most expensive of all, because somehow they think that somehow in 12 years the land's still going to be there. Right. Why would you invest in something that's going to be underwater soon? Why would you do that? Why not move to the center of the United States where they have no earthquakes, no fault lines, far away from the coast? So if indeed this ice is melting at the rapid rate that you're saying that you're protected and your employees and your investment and your research. I mean, most of the research that we have being done in Silicon is in Silicon Valley, right? We've got New York as well. So they've got some really good, you know, data, information, innovation, uh, R&D going on on the coast. It's strange, isn't it? It's very strange. <laughs> and they're just investing, like you said. So the bankers are dumb, too. So, okay. So we have like six minutes. I can't believe this whole hour just went like that, Scott. What do you think is coming out today? Like, what do you think is coming out? Like, the Justice Department has dropped a few indictments. Uh, Honduran drug lords, uh, you know, from uh, drug trafficking, sentenced to 37 years. So, obviously, that was sealed. And we're just learning about the sentencing. A former attorney pleading to tax evasion. We've got um, tons of, uh, you know, cartels yesterday. What do you think? I think Nunez has uh, dropped some referrals. And I think Bill Barr is uh, losing his patience with the leakers and the press. And uh, I think that Bill Barr also is experienced enough to know that he wants to stay ahead of the curve, not fall behind and get squashed. I mean, you know, the thing about the media and the momentum is you got to stay ahead of the curve. you got to be proactive and on your toes. And I think that, you know, there's a lot of tools in the toolbox right now. And I think that what you're going to probably find is someone like a Nellie Orr is going to be exposed. She flat out lied about her ham radio license, for example. That's just one small thing. And by the way, that doesn't change the equation at all. But if she lied under oath, then, you know, she's dead to rights. And she did lie under oath about the date of to which she got her ham radio license. It's ironclad. I mean, there's the, you know, so they broke in Roger Stone's door and threw him in jail. Uh, I think you get Bruce Orr to really flip. I mean, he flipped, but I mean to really flip uh, once you get Nellie Orr behind bars. Uh, Nellie Orr, um, again, is one of the worst of the worst. She was one of the architects of the dossier and uh, with Christopher Steele and John Brennan and Fusion GPS. But I think you start to throw these people in jail and call them out just like just like Mueller did. And again, it's sort of like the Me Too thing. It's like what's good enough to, you know, good enough to treat Manafort like, uh, you know, like a an animal uh, or treat Roger Stone or Michael Cohen and break in their doors and treat them like they're, you know, uh, the worst of the worst. Uh, it's time to, to, to flip the switch, flip the tables. And I think that you're going to start to see low-hanging fruit like Nellie Orr, who flat-out lied under oath, uh, be made an example of. And that will actually get the other people uh, to put them into a more put – them, put them, get them off their footing and put them on their heels and get them into a defensive posture. 
And I think that's the next play. Well, You're going to start to see things like that happen. Well, they said that they're going to be like about 24 criminal referrals coming in for people. And then we have the reports yeah. that Kristen Gillibrand's father actually worked for Navixum, you know, that big um, human slavery cult trafficking ring that's currently um, going through trial. There's actually court documentation showing that uh, she, that her father uh, was involved in that and working with them. So I, I have no idea how they're going to take it because the trend that I've seen this week of um, indictments and announcements from the Justice Department coming out is misuse of federal funds and state funds. And this will be interesting to see if anyone gets done for leaking or accepting money or providing services for money. I mean, that's where I would kind of bet on it what do you think you know because it's it's so strange today's news cycle we've got matt gates saying that he wants to run in the state of alabama and leave florida i'm so confused um what the tactic well, no, that, that makes, is um, that makes sense because that's a 2020 senate seat that he can go and grab and he probably has property in alabama and uh, i think he may have gone to school there too i'm not sure I know he's in Florida now, but he's in the red district um, over on the West Coast. Um, and I forget the name of the county. But uh, in any case, so it's easy for him to do that. And uh, his seat's safe. His seat, he comes from a red district. So he's going to be just fine. I mean, that seat uh, will be won by another conservative. But you'll pick up a, a seat with a strong conservative in the Senate. I think it's a great move. Uh, you know, that's a seat that's going to really be a game changer, I think, for the Senate. And the House, I definitely think we're going to pick back up the House. There's no doubt about it. Uh, because there's so many Democrats that are going to have to defend themselves now in these districts. And with the coattails that Trump is going to have with his approval rating, it's 93% among Republicans. It's 51% right now today among the nation. But he is shining star compared to the, all the losers. I mean, you just look at that Carpe Dunctum video. Trump is trolling the former vice president of the United States as being a big joke. And it does look like that. I mean, the chairman of the board is Donald Trump. When he walks into a room, he looks like the boss. Biden doesn't. Trump does. Everybody's trying to be presidential. But Trump owns it, and he, uh, he's got it dead to rights. No, and I agree. And, you know, and remember when uh, people were talking about the White House correspondence dinner this morning, he actually said that he's not going because it's boring and negative. And I'm on board with that. Uh, yeah, you don't need to go. That's actually news. I was wondering about that. Yeah, he because said he said that. he might consider. Yeah, he said that. Well, Scott, I can't believe the hour went so quick. Thank you so much for joining us <laughs> on the Tory Sess Show. Everyone follow yeah. Scott at Scott Adams Show on Twitter and go to www.scottadamshow.com show.com for his latest um, where he uploads his radio shows uh, commercial free for you to listen to and from all of us here at Red State we wish you a great weekend and grab your popcorn because something's up today uh, especially with the president going down at the border have a wonderful evening God bless thanks for tuning in